It's a hard question. Is war ever justified? Is violence ever justified? You know, I just saw the movie uh, American Sniper. Some people say it's a propaganda movie glorifying military, you know, violence. Other people say it's the story of a real hero. When I uh, am confronted with hard questions like this, I look to people who have more expertise than me. I go straight to the top. I've been fortunate enough to make friend, uh, become friends with Dr. David Buss, and he sent me his new fifth edition of a book that I've read many times. It's his textbook on evolutionary psychology, the new science of the mind, and you know, there's good arguments made for both sides. Clearly, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Mahatma Gandhi were very effective in their nonviolent uh, campaigns for justice. But yet, you could argue, what about World War II? Where Adolf Hitler was met with violence and overcome, and almost, uh, the battle was, or the war was almost lost to Adolf Hitler through inaction. You know, it took a long time for some of the Allies to get in gear. The United States didn't get in gear until Pearl Harbor. And that war was almost lost. And certainly almost all historians would agree that war was not won with nonviolence. So everyone that you meet, most people, remember, they're dilettantes. Dilettante means somebody who knows just enough to be dangerous. Uh, that I keep, I'm here in my upstairs library and I keep on my wall some uh, quotes that I like. And there's one uh, by Alexander Pope about the Pyrian well. And it's, it represent, it's a representation of knowledge, this well. And he says, drink deeply or not at all. And what happens in life is when we're confronted with hard questions like violence, uh, it, whether it's appropriate war, military, we tend to oversimplify. We forget what Albert Einstein said, life should be simple, but not simpler than it can be. This question is not something to be oversimplified, although most people will. But remember, just like when you break your leg, you don't go to amateurs. You go to people who spent 20, 30, 40 years of their life fixing broken ankles, doctors. So Dr. David Buss here in chapter five, uh, section five, he talks about cooperative alliances. You see, he calls it the problem of group living. You and I, and this is today, is not just about war between nations, but in your life, you will face people who are what we call, you'll see in a second, are called free riders, people who take advantage. You give and they never give back. They just take. You will also meet people who are defectors. These are people who betray you, whether it be in a dating, marriage situation, friendships, business partners. This problem of group living is something that we're all confronted with. Now, you could ask the question, why do we cooperate at all? And the answer is that reciprocal altruism here, he says, uh, the beauty of reciprocal altruism is that both parties benefit. You see, in an ideal utopian world, there would need to be no military. Because certainly, humans advance through cooperation, whether it be scientifically, uh, whether it be socially, we grow intellectually by interacting with other people. We, our businesses grow. There's a great book by Michael Eisner called Working Together. He chronicles uh, many of the top billionaires in the world and shows that their wealth came from partnering, cooperative alliances. But the problem is, as I said here, he talks about, here, let me read what he says. He says that there are two main problems that we will find 
One of them, as I mentioned, is free riding. Those are people that you will meet that do not have your best interests at heart. Uh, or maybe they do, but they take advantage of you. Meaning you give a lot more than they give. They take, you give. He says, secondly, coalitions, he says, have serious problems that can undermine their success, defection, and free riding. So you see this among nations. You and I are part of a social cooperation called the globe, the planet. At some level, we must get along or there will be World War III, which isn't good for any of us. We live in countries that must get along, both internally and externally. The problem of war and violence is certainly one of people not getting along. And part of that is because of defection. And before you get uh, too simplistic or I get too simplistic, I want to look at some research. What have people who studied this or life found? And here Dr. David Buss's experiments show that higher levels of cooperation occur when a system is in place to punish. Uh, I forget which uh, great economist. I can't remember if it was... Galbraith or uh, Milton Friedman or one of these guys, at one point he said when he was young he was an anarchist. He believed that you didn't need police, you didn't need military, and he lived in Canada, which is a pretty uh, uh, pacifistic type country, and he said there was a strike with the police. And the riots that broke out and the chaos and crime that broke out forever made him realize just what the science has found now. There must be systems to punish. Does that mean that the war uh, that the U.S. has waged in the in the Middle East or any country has waged throughout history has always been justified and always been done effectively? Certainly not. Uh, now, interestingly enough, though, the reason we generally make mistakes is because we have a black and white mind. We go, always take this action. Always be vegan. Always be paleo. This is the answer. It's almost as if as the, there's a book I have called Diet Cults. It almost becomes a cult of thought where we're more in love with the thought than we are truth. And you see that with diets. You see that with people dating people that clearly they should not be dating, but it's like they're hypnotized. When you bring up at a dinner table, hey, should countries go to war? You know, 30% of the room is very pacifistic. 30% is like, yeah, nuke the whole place. And these two extremes, as Munger says, Beware of extreme ideologies. They're rarely incorrect, are rarely correct. And what you find that's more accurate for us humans is what scientists call game theory. It doesn't mean you're playing games with people. I'll show you here. Uh, game theory is generally represented in different ways by a couple boxes. So here's some boxes. And it's, it's a little bit like this. Should you always... Uh, when somebody makes a mistake, should you always yell at them? Well, the clear answer of any wise person will be like, it depends. Depends on the type of person. Some type of people uh, are motivated by aggression and some people are demolished and destroyed. So if your end goal is somebody working with you or for you, getting them to do a better job, it's not so easy to say always yell or never yell. You know, I, I had a comp, uh, one of my first companies um, after I left GE, I was training somebody and he had a, he was in sales doing a big financial deal. And I said, you got to yell at this guy. It was a guy from New York and he was a good old boy from the South. Justin was his name and he didn't want to yell and he could never close that deal. And finally, after about six months, I heard him yelling in the other room. You've been, you know, you've been taking up all my time. I've been doing this financial planning stuff for you. You're not, you want to close the deal or I'm never going to call you again. 
And guess what? That motivated the guy. Now, beware of man with a hammer syndrome, meaning now that that worked, if Justin started using that on everybody, it wouldn't always work. Some people get the opposite effect. You'd lose the deal. It's the same with violence. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in that situation, meeting a small amount of people or a minority that were unarmed, meeting a nation and trying to change the law, for them to rise up with arms and weapons probably would be ineffective. Same with uh, Mahatma Gandhi in India to fight the imperialism of the United of England certainly probably wouldn't have been best to try violence and they use nonviolence and it worked but like I said World War II you try that same thing with a madman someone walks in your door and they're gonna kill you and your family not always a good time to try negotiation peacefully sometimes justification uh, clearly the there is, or violence is clearly justified now here's what fascinating work on game theory meaning knowing when to do this and when to do that depending on what other people do there was a uh, economist mathematician scientists and computer wizards from around the world were asked to submit strategies for playing 200 rounds of the prisoner's dilemma this is by two researchers axelrod and hamilton very famous uh uh research i'm not sure it was just axelrod and, and hamilton but the results are amazing the most effective, not in all environments, but in many environments, for you and I to, do, to, to use socially with our friends, with people we date, with our business partners, and for countries to use, is what's called tit-for-tat theory. It means never be the first to be a free rider or defect. Meaning, don't be the cause. Don't do the wrong thing. Like if you have a friend, uh, a business partner, don't treat them well. You meet somebody, treat them well. If you're a country, treat the other country well. Start out optimistic. But then, the answer that worked the best is then do whatever they do. So if they defect on you, turn enemy, then you turn enemy to them. If they become a free rider and no longer contribute, then you must stop contributing. Now, this is not black and white. It's not exactly after one time. There's many iterations of what this research has shown. But... Never be the first to defect. Retaliate only after the other has defected. But I'm going to add one in here for people who are a little more pacifistic. Number three, be forgiving. If a previously defecting player starts to cooperate, then cooperate, then reciprocate the cooperation and get on a mutually beneficial cycle. Get back for positive reciprocal altruism. So to summarize, first do unto others as you wish them to do unto you, but then do unto them as they have done to you. But be forgiving. Now, you don't need to endlessly be forgiving. As Aristotle said, to be angry is easy. But to be angry at the right time, at the right person, for the right reason, with the right intensity, for the right duration, that is difficult. To go to war is easy. To be a pacifist is easy. But to do the right thing at the right time, to know when aggression must be met with aggression, when free riding must be met with free riding, defection, betrayal must be met is difficult that's difficult to know when you should be pacifistic and nonviolent this is more difficult you must become wise you cannot just find the answers in simple simplistic answers black and white medieval mind caught people full of the 25 cognitive biases that cause them to make mistakes go see the movie sniper let me know your opinion but here below let me know leave a comment what is your opinion when is the time to go to war?
both as a nation and for you as a person to meet uh, uh, people taking advantage of you with aggression. And when is it the right time to be pacifistic and to forgive? All right? Make sure you subscribe here. Put And uh, I'm going to be talking about something interesting on wealth tomorrow. So stay tuned. I release these every day. Subscribe so you get them first. And uh, I'm interested to hear what other people have to say. I certainly don't have all the answers. Great minds like Dr. David Buss don't purport to have all the answers. But we do know it's probably some sort of game theory. If this, then that. Okay? Watch out for free riding and defection in your life. Remember what he said. Science has shown that meeting... Let me... Let me actually, I think I read that. Let me read it one more time. Evo, uh, evolutionists have focused on the role of punishment. Cooperative coalition, coalitions can evolve as long as free riders are punished. Experiments show that higher levels of cooperation occur when a system is in place to punish. There must be systems. We know this. Don't be a pushover. Don't be a warmonger, but don't be a pushover. I think Tecumseh said it well when he said, respect others in their belief and demand that they respect yours. Respect other people's lives, both as an individual, you, and as a country. But demand they respect yours. And when they don't punish them, it doesn't always mean that you have to do it forever. You can be forgiving. It doesn't always mean that you have to use violence. It doesn't always mean you have to use pacifism. But there must be repercussions and consequences. The mind is driven by both reward and pain. There's a time for you to bring pain into other people's lives who are bringing pain to yours. And there's a time to forgive. And there's a time to absorb. Sometimes people do things without meaning to. You can't be too sensitive and always striking out. Remember, if all you have is a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. If all you have is pacifism, every problem looks like it could be solved with pacifism, but Hitler was, wouldn't have been solved with pacifism. We pretty, no one knows for sure, but think. We were being pacifistic in the United States and it you know, almost overrun all, all of Germany. If Adolf Hitler hadn't made a few little teeny mistakes like oversleeping when his generals were at the at the shores of the, you know northern France about to invade uh, England, we might you know all Europe might have been taken over by Hitler. No, this was a man that we probably and rightfully punished. Okay, but yet violence sometimes will backfire on us. Okay, check out Sniper. Leave your opinion. But try to justify your opinion. We have too many opinions. I tried to give you my opinion through the eyes of great thinkers who have devoted decades of their life. It's not as important what I have to say. I would like to point you to that book of the day. Read it for yourself, Dr. David Buss. It's on my book list. Okay, on, on my You can click on my site. Go to my site, tylopez.com. Click on books and you'll see. That's in my top five recommended books all time everybody should have. Be wise. Know the right time to do things and the right time to not do things, all right? Talk to you soon. Here's the book, by the way.